Welcome to Musically Challenged, your weekly helping of random music conversations based on whatever topic the guys choose. Their goal is to entertain and inform you on a variety of themes. This podcast is an expression of their lifelong love and commitment to music. Simply stated, music is life. This show may include adult themes and language. Once again, welcome to Musically Challenged. Here are your hosts, Chad and Lou. Welcome to episode 31 of Musically Challenged, your weekly helping of random music conversations based on pretty much whatever topic we want. I'm your host, Chad Knight, and with me is Lou Schwalbach. Good day. This week, we're going back to the mailbag and let a guest listener be a part of the show. Like before, we'll be going over an outside playlist given to us by a listener and give it our well-educated and (laughs) non-biased, stop laughing, opinions on the song, good or bad. As a reminder, we have chosen not to accept any stipulations such as don't hate on blank band because I like them or don't be mean. We won't be pulling any punches regardless of whomever the guest chooser is, so there will be no favoritism displayed. Wait, let me reread that. We won't be pulling any punches regardless of whomever the guest chooser is, so there will be no favoritism displayed. Just war pure, unadulterated opinions. Potential submitters. Don't say you weren't warned. This week's playlist is brought to us by our faithful listener, Tori Nielsen. Tori sent us a list of various artists and songs he liked for us to listen to and to talk about. Bonus points are awarded to him because he kept all of his choices related to a common theme. Each choice is dealing with crime, punishment, or some of the consequences in some way or another. Will we discover the new Will we discover some new artists that we may just have to start listening to? Or will it be the junk that we could live without? We will... Why can't I read? Will we feel our lives enriched and better for listening to these? Or will we feel cheated and wish we had our that precious time from our lives back? Guess you'll have to keep listening and find out, eh? Without further ado, let's get this show started. Now, the one thing I'd like to put out there is Tori is our listener from the Netherlands. So he has, he has actually written in before. Um, and I actually keep in touch with him on G plus quite a bit and, uh, it's always encouraging. He, uh, he, he very much likes what we do. So hopefully, hopefully, and I say that with a little bit of sarcasm, we're not too mean to him. I'm, I have a feeling we're probably not going to be, I think he's heard enough so far that he'll know what to expect. Yeah, I think so. So why don't you go ahead and kick this thing off? All right, well, we're going to start with a band called The Scientists, and the song is called Murderous in a Purple Dress. Murderess in a Purple Dress? Yes, Murderess in a Purple Dress. Oh, very clever. Um, All right, so we're going to actually start off with listening to it before anything else, just to get that out of the way. Okay. Now, I don't know. I would listen to this one here. I didn't get a whole lot of research done on it. Because I couldn't find a whole lot of research, actually. Yeah, I found very little as Um, well. So I'm just going to go into my opinion on this one. These guys are trying really, really hard to be punk, emo, and weird. Almost too hard, it seems like. I can't say I really cared for it. Um, The music was good. The singer just didn't do it for me. I mean, I don't have a whole heck of a lot to say about this one. Other than it just isn't my style, but that's not why I didn't like it. I just thought this song didn't really show their talent. Okay, so now, remember, we always rate these, so 
What's your rating on this one? So I, let's refresh the listeners and my memory. Are we doing it out of 10 or out of 5? Yeah, we do it out of 10 stars. Okay. Uh, you know, I kind of look at it as 1 to 3 is something I'm never going to listen to. 4 to 6 or so is you're not going to turn off the radio kind of thing. But you're not going to seek it out. Right. And then 7 to 10, those are songs that are going to be on your playlist. Those are songs that you're going to listen to on a regular basis. Okay. Going by that, I'm going to say this would probably be a hard three for me. Okay. I can't say it's a one because it's not the worst I've ever heard, or a two, but it definitely isn't something I'm going to go out of my way to listen to because, I, like I said before, I just think they're trying too hard. Yeah. Now, they are labeled as Psychotic Buzzsaw Rock from Australia. I did find that on them. So, I have to say I agree with two of those three labels. Psychotic? Mm-hmm. Yes. Buzzsaw? Sure. Rock? I, I wouldn't classify this as rock. Uh, no, not really. I wouldn't um, even. I, I don't know what I would classify it as. Like new wave, maybe almost. Maybe, maybe. But it's to me, it's more like a band that found out they couldn't sing, so they just scream and yell into the microphone. Oh, so like a lot of the heavy metal artists nowadays. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and I agree with you on this one. I give this three out of ten stars. It's just not a huge. Uh, the song itself, like you said, the music wasn't so bad. Um, other than there was this annoying buzz in the back. And I'm guessing that's the buzz saw. That could be. And I don't know. I just, I yeah, I just didn't think that they put everything. And if this is the best they can offer, then maybe they should try something else. Well, you know, you mentioned they're from Australia. There's a fair amount of good artists from Australia, one of which I don't even need to... Uh name because you know who I would have named. Yeah, Angus Young. And right, <laughs> Angus and the family. So you got a high standard to live up to. I mean, not all Australian artists are going to be great, obviously, just like not all US artists or all German artists or anything else. But that being said, try harder guys. Or or go flip burgers. I mean, it sounds harsh, but really try harder or do something else. Maybe this isn't your calling. It's quite possible. <laughs> what do you got for us? All right. The first one I got from Tori is Aloha Steve and Dano by Radio Birdman. This shout out to the TV show Hawaii Five O is a rock song from 1977. And the band, the Radio Birdman, and the band, the Radio Birdman, and turns the statement, Bookum Dano, Murder One, into a hook on a song. The Radio Birdman was one of the first Australian independent bands to carry the proto-punk label along with the Saints. They were formed by Dennis Tech and Rob Younger in Sydney in 1974. The group influenced the work of many successful mainstream bands and are now considered instrumental in Australia's music growth. Through their music, though their music can have a definite feel of punk music to it, the band never actually liked the label and preferring instead to just be a band. The, the song itself? Well, let's take a listen and then we can discuss it. Now, personally, I thought the song was an okay, high-energy song with passable vocals. I would have categorized this as an early attempt at pop-punk, though. And I was not a huge fan of this music, but I would say it gets a solid... Four of ten stars for me. Okay. Um, my thought here is, and did we listen to it? We did. Okay, good. Yeah. 
I guess I just got confused on there. All right, so don't mind me. But uh, anyways, going back into this, um, fast, silly lyrics with kind of a raw punk sound. Um, it sounded to me like they were really trying hard to be the Ramones, actually. I could, I could hear that, yeah. One thing they have going for them, however, in my opinion, is I think they sounded better than the Ramones. Really? Yeah. I mean, just... I don't know, just something about it that I liked it a little bit better. Maybe it was the guitar work. Maybe it was the, the actual singing. I can't put my finger on it, but I think they sounded just a bit better. This is a solid five for me. Okay, fair enough. All right, so take us into your next one. Next one I've got is the, the artist is called The Cruel Sea, and the song is called Better Get a Lawyer. Now, well, we are talking about crime and punishment here. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, now... This is going to remind me a lot of Rob Zombie's spoken word on the Black Sunshine. Okay. With uh, Iggy Pop, I believe it is. And that's a good thing. That's a very good thing. Um, his perfectly growly voice tells a good story that boils down to screwing up, getting into the local clink, and then the title line being uttered by the guards. Let's take a quick listen. Now, I'm going to agree with Tori on this one. This song has a great slide guitar and a strong beat to it. Uh, Gregory Tex Perkins' voice has an almost antagonistic tone on it that conveys power and influence. Almost like he's in the cage, he's still being the big man up there and looking for anyone to challenge him with the best I dare you type tone in his voice. Lest something very unfortunate come to play. Kind of like the uh, mafia guy who's in the jail, but still somehow gets stuff done. I really like this one. In fact, this is probably one of my favorites on the list. Okay. I'm going to say this is, for me, this is probably a solid nine. Wow. Okay. Now, this, the sound of this was a bit heavy for me. And by that, I mean the guitar was heavy, um, the, which I like. The music is heavy, which is good. So when I say it's heavy for me, that's not a bad thing. Okay. Um, the song isn't so much sung as it is spoken, and we talk, you talked about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is the plight of every low life that ends up on the wrong side of the law. Yeah. Better get a lawyer. You know, you, you see that in all the TV shows. You hear that uh, anytime something like this goes on. Now, I enjoyed the song as well. Not as much as you did, though. I give it a solid six, though. Okay. That's fair enough. So. Hey, hell, there's even a TV show called Better Call Saul. Yes. He is a lawyer. Yeah, exactly. That's, but that's no, true. I, just, I don't know. I just really, really dug the, especially with the drawl. He's like, better get a lawyer, son. Yeah. <laughs> you can just imagine being like in a Tennessee jail and having the dude come up to you and basically be banging his nightstick he's, on there and be like. And he's still wearing his sunglasses inside. You know, the kind that are that are covered <laughs> on the inside so he can look at himself. He's like the Smokey and the Bandit type thing. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> all right. Next up, I've got. It's my turn, right? Yeah, yeah, it's my turn. Yeah. So, all right, I've got Guns of Brixton by Jimmy Cliff. Now, Jimmy Cliff covers this Clash song in a completely different style. Cliff is a reggae and ska artist. The song tells us about a conflict between criminals or revolutionaries having conflict with the law. Uh, thanks for that line, by the way, Tori. Uh, Jimmy Cliff is a Jamaican multi-instrumental singer and actor. He's the only living musician to hold the Order of Merit, the highest honor that can be granted by the Jamaican government for achievements in the arts and sciences. Cliff is best known among mainstream audiences for such songs as Wonderful World, Beautiful People, Many Rivers to Cross, You, Can't, or you Can Get It If You Really Want, The Harder They Come, Reggae Night, and Hakuna Matata. And his covers of Cat Stevens' Wild World and John, Johnny Nash's I Can See Clearly Now from the film Cool Runnings. 
He starred in the film The Harder They Come, which helped popularize reggae across the world and Club Paradise. Cliff was one of five performers inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2010. Let's take a listen. Now, I actually really enjoy reggae, and this song very much had a reggae feel and beat to it. Um, and this song, I really enjoyed it, and I completely think it's worth 6 of 10. And, all right, I'm not going to be as generous as you are. Um, I can give or take reggae. I mean, it kind of depends on my mood. If I'm outside, if the sun's out, if it's summertime, sure, it's perfect background music, just like anything Buffett. You know, if you're out on the patio, Buffett music's great to listen to. Especially if you're drinking. Man, Buffett music's great if you're drinking. Oh, hells yeah, it sounds even better. It's kind of like, you know, alcohol makes her look pretty, and well, alcohol makes Buffett sound way better. Exactly. (laughs) But that being said, I... I'm going to say the positives first, because here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to be positive about anything I talk about at least a little bit. Okay. Even if I'm going to be negative. Okay. Kind of the teacher thing, you know? <laughs> so, Anyways, I think uh, Jimmy Cliff did it way Nice th- try, Jimmy, but this paper is a D plus. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I like the font you used. This, the t- this, everything else is crap. But and, a nice font. Yeah, there you go. Um, anyways... I the positive is I think they did it way better than the Clash. I would agree with that. I totally enjoyed it. I mean, I don't hate the Clash, but it's not also my cup of tea. I liked this one way better. There is something about Jimmy Cliff's voice though. It's kind of like a nasally, throaty it's kind of making my ears tingle a little bit and not it's, in a good way. It's like he sings through his nose like some people in northern Wisconsin talk. Yes. Um I'm not a huge fan of this one. I'm gonna say I, I'm gonna be I say a four. Okay. Which means you wouldn't run away, but you're not gonna seek it out. Yes, that would be an accurate statement. And you had said a solid six on this yeah, one. Yeah, I give this one a solid six. All right, very good. And this is why we complement each other. Exactly. Now, what do you got up next? Next, I have one that oh boy, um, Slayer, two thirteen. Okay, I'm gonna say one thing right off the bat. I hate Slayer. I have never been a fan. All right, so I'm going to be looking for a, um, a one to three from you somewhere. Good to know. <laughs> all right, now, here's my thoughts. This song starts off all slow and mysterious, like kind of like a Scooby-Doo episode, you know, real mysterious. Then around a minute and a half, it kicks into gear, and we hear the Slayer that we're expecting. I liked it and the music until he started screaming lyrics. I don't mind thrash metal. I am not a Slayer hater, but I can't stand people are growling or screaming into the microphone. I like to at least understand a little bit instead of having to look up the lyrics. Let's just listen real quick. Now, I have to say that unlike a lot of the metal out there with screamers, this one you can actually mostly understand, and it's not Mushmouth. So he's got a slight bonus point on this one. The song is about West Allisbourne serial killer cannibal Jeffrey Dahmer um, and his internal insane thoughts. Now, Chad, I can't speak for you, but I know that in our household, when this was all over the news, we watched it a lot. I oh, mean, yeah. They, yeah. We couldn't, and that was mid-90s, if I and recall. I, yeah, and I will get into that a little more with mine, because my interaction with that whole thing is a little closer. Okay. Um, now, with any gruesome tragedy, of course, there were off-color jokes which we won't go into right now, but I'm sure that you know some of them as well. Oh, sure. Would you like to hear one? Oh, sure. Why not? So, 
you knew of Jeffrey Dahmer liked uh, like birds, don't you? Hmm. Sure, he had a cock or two in his in his apartment. Do you know what he ordered uh, for one of his last meals? No, what? Dahmer knows pizza. <laughs> Anyways, getting back to the song, um, and uh, but before that, you know, the reason that we did the jokes, of course, is to help keep our sanity in a tragedy situation. That's just like anything; it's exactly. coping mechanisms. Exactly. Now, getting back to the song musically, it was fine. I mean, if they would t- if they would keep just the music and the thrash metal, I'm perfectly okay with that. Vocally, it was shit. Um, this one, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna say it. Damn it. Now, this is going to be hard because if we're going musically, I'm going to say musically, I would say a five or a six. Vocally, I would say a one or a two. So, but it's the overall song. So, where the do you say The overall there? song, I'm going to say it's probably a, let's say a two and a half, three. Okay. Now, I went into this song with heavy trepidation. As I remember with stunning, stunning, stunning clarity, what. This song I went into with trepidation. As I remember, with stunning clarity, the happenings this song was written about. Jeffrey Dahmer, a serial killer from Wisconsin. In fact, not three hours or so from where we're sitting right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, Now, I had an aunt and uncle who lived in Mukwanago, which is an area of Milwaukee at the time. My uncle used to live in Mukwanago, too, actually. Okay. And a short time after the Dahmer murders and after Dahmer was caught... We went down to visit them, and my uncle thought it would be neat to take us all down into Milwaukee, show us the apartment building, and tell us all the gruesome details that weren't out in the, you know, in the news. Not in the local, but further out? R- right. When, how old were you at the time? Let's see, uh, 90s would have been like between 15 and 18, yeah, maybe? Yeah, yeah, I was, no, actually it would have been earlier than that. Dahmer was, I think he got caught in like 92, so I'd have been in that 13 to 15 range, somewhere in there. Do you so, still keep in touch with this uncle? This uncle has passed away, and yes, I did. I that was that was that was my favorite uncle. He was the cool uncle that taught you about murder and shit. Right. Awesome. But it was it was the weirdest, most surreal thing for someone like me from Central Wisconsin to go down. And as we're driving in, we saw a burnt out van. We saw the body tape on the side of the street in one place, and it was just like. You know, well, from North Central Wisconsin, that kind of stuff doesn't happen around here. Right. And if it does, it's out in the middle of the woods. So. You know, and he showed us the apartment building. Like I said, it has since been destroyed. It's it's no longer there. It was raised to the ground. And I don't know if the, – I think the lot is still vacant, you know. But anyway, the song itself, like I said, I'm not a fan. It, it's Slayer. It's definitely a Slayer-type Slayer song. Mm-hmm. But I've never really been – I've really never really gotten into Slayer. I got to say the song is 2 of 10 for me. Okay, so we're pretty close to the same page on that yeah, one. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of had a figuring that I uh, thought that that would be the case. So what do you got next? Okay, so up next I've got Inside Looking Out by The Obsessed. This song, Inside Looking Out by The Obsessed, is a rocker. It's a heavy metal feel, makes me think of the late 70s and early 80s, which makes sense as The Obsessed is a heavy metal band from Maryland led by Scott Wino Weinrich. wonder what he's known for. <laughs> Uh, which combines elements of doom metal, stoner rock, and punk rock. Formed in 1980, they recorded a few demos and played a handful of live shows until they first split up in 1986, when Weinrich joined as lead vocalist for St. Vitus, but reformed four years later. After releasing three albums, including the one that was originally recorded in 1985, The Obsessed broke up for a second time in 1995. After briefly reuniting for some shows in 2012 and 2013, The Obsessed announced their third reunion in March 2016. Well, let's take a listen. 
So everyone, anyone who has listened to this podcast at any time knows that I really enjoy heavy metal and, you know, rock and roll. This, in my opinion, is a great song. I give the song about being mad that they are just in prison and looking out. I give it a seven and a half. What okay. about you, Lou? What do you what do you think of this song? You know, and okay, I'm gonna start. With, actually, I'm gonna start with a negative on this one, but then I'm gonna move into a positive. I thought it sounded kind of amateur, kind of like a a band who either this is one of their first albums that came out, which it could very well be, right? Um, or someone who hasn't quite gotten their sound figured out yet. Well, you know, and that might be some truth behind that because this is a band that's been together since 1980, and they have broken up and reformed. Four times. Oh, good Lord. So. The hell they think they are, Van Halen. <laughs> but, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, obviously, something went wrong each time. Mm-hmm. So you maybe know, they are figuring out their song each, their, their, their sound, sound each time. And their sound and their way of doing things. Right. Now, that being said, it sounds good. I think a more experienced band could rock the hell out of this song. Um, just the topic, just the music, everything else. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say a solid seven on that one, actually. Okay. Yeah, so we're only a half point off on that one. So I'm going to take over next. My next choice here that I have is Hostile Youth by the by the band Saigon Kick. Ah, yes. Now, Saigon Kick was a band that formed in 98 that arrived in the hair rock scene right before grunge was about to take over. They put out eight albums. Did you know they did eight freaking albums? No. I knew of one. Um... And after a 12-year hiatus, they reformed in 2012 and are technically still listed as active. Okay. Sure. We'll take their word for it on that. I don't know if active just means they didn't cancel their card or something, but whatever. (laughs) Now, let's take a quick listen, then we'll move on. Now, checking out their catalog, I have to say most of their music kind of rocks. Unfortunately, even... Unfortunately... Unfortunately, even though much of the rest of their catalog does indeed rock... They're really only known or remembered for the Love is on the Way song, which is a whiny power ballad. This song, released on the 92 The Lizard album, which is the one I knew about, is just over three minutes long, and it seemed like a formulaic heavy metal rock song of the 90s. Um, I can picture them, along with all the other long-haired rock bands of the era, headbanging along to the beat while they're playing it. Unfortunately, nothing really stands out as being awesome. Um, Nothing stands out as being horrible, but there's really nothing to separate it from the pack. Um, I don't love it or hate it. It's just kind of there. I'm going to say six. Okay. Fair enough. Now, this is a rock song about, in the words of our guest, this is a rock song about, in the words of Tori, being young and in hate, about tearing down the world because it's all you know to do. I can't disagree with that. No, no, absolutely. Um, I like the music. The words themselves are hard to understand. Uh, and my biggest problem with this song is being able to understand the lyrics. Like we had talked about with that whole mushmouth thing. Yep. It really comes through on this song, in my opinion. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I, I didn't think about it at the time because usually when we're doing this, I look up the lyrics. Right. And I do, too. I always like to find the, the, the YouTube that has the with lyrics. Exactly. Yep. You know, kind of thing. But it's just, it's, I don't know. I I have to base this one because I couldn't understand the lyrics solely on the music. Mm-hmm. Based on the music, I give it a six. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so uh, my next one is <sighs> Let Em Dangle by Elvis Costello. It, it's a song about 
Well, I think you can figure that one out. Elvis Costello is an English musician, singer, songwriter, and record producer. He began his career as part of London's pub rock scene in the early 1970s and later became associated with the first wave of the British punk and new wave movement that emerged in the late mid to late 1970s. Do you know any Elvis Costello that isn't whiny, solo, uh, acoustic guitar garbage? No. Oh, okay. So, I'm like, he was part of the British punk and new wave movement? I don't like Elvis Costello enough to go look, but (laughs) let's take a listen to this song. All right. I'm going to put you kind of on the, on, on the spot here, Lou. I'm going to ask your opinion before I say anything about this song. All right. Um, it was recorded professionally. That is my positive. Um, the rest of it's not going to be so nice. Um, I was never really a fan of Elvis Costello. I think the only one that I remember that was okay was the song when he did something about Mary. Was that Elvis Costello? I think it was. And, oh, okay. And correct me if I'm wrong. I was really never a fan of the guy. This song does not change my mind. No. At all. Um, It's not unbearable. It's not like Yoko Ono screaming in the background. It just makes me think of hipster coffeehouse jams, finger quotes jams, and it was hilarious you mentioned pub rock because it's kind of the same thing but in a coffee shop. Right. I'm saying a generous two on this one. Okay. Now, personally, I had a hard time getting through this song. I I just did. It's... It's got a lot going against it. One, it's Elvis Costello. Two, it seems to encourage the use of hanging for capital punishment. Now, I know this isn't a political show, but I'm going to go there for a second. I think capital punishment is something a country should use in a very limited way and should only be used in very limited types of crime. So I just didn't like the song much at all, but I was nicer than you. I gave it three of ten. So, you know, I know that Elvis Costello has a huge following out there. I mean, that part of it is undeniable, but I don't know why. I, I just don't. There, You know, and there's a lot of artists that are like that. That I mean, granted, we are set in our ways. Yeah, well, we've been listening to the same music for 40 years. Right. So that's the reason. I'm sure there's people out there that can't listen to... What we listen to, like, for example, I know people who are like, how can you listen to that screechy Guns N' Roses or screechy ACDC? Yeah. You know, so, I mean, hey, everybody's got their own thing. That being said, I don't have to understand it. Exactly. I I agree. So, what do you got up next? Next, we're going to go to another Camden Afternoon by the Stranglers. Okay. Now, the Stranglers are an English rock band formed in the early 70s. They started in the punk scene. And have evolved with the times to sound that was kind of going all over the board. This particular song is said to be inspired by, as Tori noted, as the, quote, callous killing of a woman followed by a purse snatching. I can hear that, actually, as the song has kind of a shifty, sneaky sound to it. Um, Let's take a listen. The bass line is pretty sick, sounding like it evolved a bit from Mancini's Peter Gunn theme. Okay. Um, with a little bit of 70s porn bass thrown in there for good measure. <laughs> um, I actually kind of like this one. The music is good, and I think it would have been ruined with lyrics, so I'm glad the, decide- the band decided to withhold lyrics. Um, when I saw the title, my first thought was if it was a Camden, New Jersey, no wonder people would want to die or kill people. But 
I'm, I'm glad I gave this one a shot because I actually kind of like this. And like I said, it's got that shiftiness to it that I enjoyed. Um, that's a solid seven for me. All right. Now, I too really enjoyed the music, which like you said, there were, they, the band did write lyrics and then decided at the last minute not to record the lyrics. And they said that they did that um, to instead let the listener imagine what another Camden afternoon would mean to them. You know, like you brought up the bass line. I love the bass line in this. The the heavy drums. I just, I love the shit out of this song. I actually went and gave it a solid eight. Okay. Yeah, not my favorite of what we talked about, but still one of the best ones, I think. Uh, you know, it's one of those things. I'm going to check out the Stranglers because I'm guessing they've got more stuff. And if everything is like this. Might have a new listener. Might have. Yeah, exactly. Okay, good, good, good. What do you got next? And I pray you're not going in the same line that I have it lined up. I probably am, because I took the line you sent me. Motherfucker. Okay. (laughs) So, the next one is Suffer Little Children by the Smiths. Now, from Tori, who sent in the songs, his take on the song is a chilling song about the revolting Moore's murders perpetrated by Myra Hindley and Ian Brady. Brady died in prison in May of this year, 2017, having been behind bars since 1966. Johnny Marr's guitar seems almost perversely sweet, and Morrissey's voice is by turns yearning and detached. And then there's the laughter towards the end. Now, that was all from Tori. Let's take a listen to this, though, and then Lou and I will talk about this. All right, so Lou is over there already holding the bridge of his nose. But the Smiths were an English rock band formed in Manchester in 1982. The band consisted of vocalist Morrissey, guitarist Johnny Marr, bassist Andy Rourke, and drummer Mike Joyce. Critics have called them the most important alternative rock band to emerge from the British independent music scene of the 1980s. Q magazine Simon Goddard argued in 2017 that the Smiths were the one truly vital voice of the 80s, the most influential British guitar group of the decade, and the first indie outsiders to achieve mainstream success on their own terms. The NME named the Smiths the most influential artist ever in a 2002 poll over the Beatles. I have to call bullshit on this one. (laughs) And not because it's the Beatles, just because of everything I just read there. That is utter bullshit. Unless the Smiths have something else that just, this is like a fluke, a fluke piece of shit. If all their stuff is like this, no, 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 no. I didn't like the song. It's a hard listen. The topic is not happy in any way. Well, which we didn't expect it being as a well, crime of punishment. Right, but I mean, it was... It was hard for me. And I had I had a rating down here. But the more I talk about it, I think it needs to be rated lower. I, I'm going to go with a 2 of 10. You're very generous. Um, now, the Smiths have put out other music. Morrissey has put out other music. Yeah, I Morrissey, know, like, absolutely. Um, Smiths, for example, you've seen The Wedding Singer, right? Yeah. You know when Robbie's loaded and, and Linda comes over, that kind of that comes that comes in? That's a Smiths song. Okay. It's uh, I can't remember the title of it, but it's, it's a good song. It's a perfect 80s song. They were one of the leaders of the New Wave in the beginning of kind of when New Wave was started by the British Invasion-ish. Okay. There's my positive. This song was fucking boring. Yeah. 
I don't know what else there is to say. I mean, it was straight up boring. While I dislike Slayer for the screaming, I'd even prefer that to this, as at least there's some form of emotion. This song is like the equivalent of a Botox shot to, in my forehead and to my ears. Seriously. Um, it is my least favorite song of all of these. I could give, I would give it a zero if I could, but being as how we're on one to ten, it's going to be a one. Okay. Fair enough. You know, and you, you had mentioned before that um, you had mentioned before that, you know, all of these great things that all these people are saying, you know, I mean, I wonder who the Smiths ball licking balls, because honestly, that's the only reason I can think they'd write all these great things. Right, right. You know, it, it was it was fitting to me that it said that they were better than the Beatles, because it was really easy for me to write the line. I need to call bullshit on this. Oh, yeah. But. Even taking the Beatles out of it, I mean, there are so many other British bands that are so much better. Oh, yeah. I mean, even if they're one-hit wonders, they still did. I mean, look at um, Dead or Alive, the round, the You Spin Me Like a Record. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one of their maybe three songs that they did that people recognize. I would listen to that over and over before. You know how hard it was? And, Tori, I love you, man. But editing this song sucked ass. You know, and honestly, once I edit everything into the show, it'll be the last time I ever listen to that song. Yeah, it's this is I might have to delete this off my hard drive lest it taint everything else. <laughs> All right, so give give us something better. Give we're, us something happier. We're gonna redeem here, and this song is called "The Hunt" by New Model Army. New Model Army is another English rock band that was this time formed in the '80s that have transcended multiple genres in their musical history. They've been considered to be folk, punk, and new age, along with many other styles. They've put out 14 studio albums as recently as 2016's Winter and are still considered to be active. This song is about vigilante justice. So let's take a quick listen. Now, taking the law into your own hands, the consequences be damned, it gave me a strong goth vibe as if Depeche Mode went further down the rabbit hole than they already have gone. It's like Batman as a song. Yeah, kind of. Um, it has a really good beat. Not really the type of song I'd go out and listen to, but I can't say it was bad. It was a very solid song. Um, I might want to consider listening to more of their stuff because of this. Um, Tori did note that the, um, the metal band Sepultura, sure. if that's how you pronounce that, covered this song giving a harder edge, which, in my opinion, was not necessary or even remotely successful. The original was way better. This song, I'm going to say, was a solid seven for me. Okay. Now, I found this to be a high-power song about being on the hunt for an inscaped inmate or someone who committed a crime. So, like you said, vigilante justice. Mm -hmm. um, I really enjoyed the music, and the lyrics, for lack of a better phrase, are fun as well. You know, um, I think it's a very passable song. Would I run out to find this album or buy the song right now? No. But I still give it a solid five. I'm not going to – if it came on the radio, I'm not going to turn it off. Okay. So I, I don't really have a whole lot to say about that one. Yeah, and, you know, and as I mentioned before, I think I would be okay to go out and see what other stuff they have. Now, would I immediately become a fan? Not really. That's I, that's a little high for that one. But I liked it. So that, I think, was definitely a redemption from the Smiths. 
Yeah, oh yeah. I don't think there's anything on this list that wouldn't be a redemption from the Smiths. Well, I was going to say, I mean, Grant, we got the two bad ones, the Elvis Costello and Smiths, out of the way, so we can focus on good from now on, right? Yeah, I hope so. I All hope right. so. What do you got next for me? Actually, I have got, I, I think, the song that I gave the highest rating to on the list, and that's Mama Tried by Merle Haggard. It, it's a country classic song about a young man who is rebellious, and as and has issues with mama because she keeps trying to tell him how to um, live. live live his life correctly. And he keeps ignoring her. And so as a result, he sent, spent his 21st, he turned 21 in prison, spending time without parole. So let's take a listen. So Merle Haggard was an American singer, songwriter, guitarist, and, and fiddler. I always say, I'm like, he plays the violin, but it, it's it's a style of violin playing. If it's not classical, it's fiddle. Right. Along with Buck Owens, Haggard and his band, The Strangers, helped create the Bakersfield sound, which is characterized by the twang of the Fender Telecaster and the unique mix with the traditional country steel guitar sound. New vocal harmony styles in which the words are minimal and a rough edge not heard on, one, on the more polished Nashville sound recordings of the same era. I personally love this song. It takes me back to my childhood and the type of music played in my house when I was being being raised. I I give this song a solid eight and a half. Oh wow, that's impressive. Yeah, it's one of my favorite Merle Haggard songs. So okay, well I can't say that I know a lot of Merle Haggard songs. So I... you probably do. Um, well, maybe not. You're not much in the country. No, I mean it's probably going to be one of those where hey, I didn't know he did that. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of songs like that. Merle Haggard. Stretched. I mean, he did. He had a 30, 40, 40 some odd year career he within the last couple. Yeah, of years? Yeah, he last couple of years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it could very well be. I mean, maybe if we delve into that, I could see that. Now, as you had mentioned, I will reconfirm, and anybody who knows me knows this. I am not a fan of classic country, really at all. I mean, which is why he's looking forward to our classic country episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> To uh, to take the phrase from Maud, your B. Arthur one, God will get you for that. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. That being said, this actually isn't a bad song. Um, it, unlike a lot of old country, actually has a decent beat, um, tells a decent story. It moves along in a good clip, so it's not one of those where I want to murder myself because I'm so fucking bored on the song. I don't have a whole lot to say about it other than it's decent. I'm going to, because of who it is and the fact it's actually a decent song, I'm going to say solid seven for me. Okay. And it's, it would be surprising to anybody who knows me, but I didn't hate it. Fair enough. So what do you got next? My last one I've got is by the police and it's called murder by numbers, which let's, let's just examine that part for just a second. The police talking about murder. Yeah. The, 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 I mean, in irony that, did not escape me. On in this nowadays one. politics, oh yeah, we're not even going to go into that one. Right, right. But back then, it was just like, oh, that's kind of funny. But anyways, now the police really don't need an introduction. But for those of you who would like one, here goes. Formed in 1977, much like myself, um, the police were fronted by Gordon Sumner, better known as Sting. Along Jeez, I think I'd go by Sting too. Yeah, no shit. Gordon, take out the trash. <laughs> Anyhow, um, along with Stuart Copeland and Andy Summers, they played their new wave pop reggae uh, rock fusion styled music up until they disbanded in 1986. 
but then came together for a quote-unquote one-off reunion tour from 2007 to 2008. This song is a jazzy little tune that almost sounds like a how-to when it comes to getting your murder on. Let's take a quick listen. Now, not only is it a how-to, but also if you do decide to go down that dark path, it's pretty damn easy to do, and even gives you a couple examples. Now, while I, I'm going to say we, just because, don't condone the subject of the song, nor does Al or Point of Insanity Games or anybody else who is sponsoring us, I would definitely recommend this song. Um, Sting's voice coupled with the funky groove, (laughs) yeah, I said funky groove. There you go. Is almost relaxing. Um, I mean, it's... It's kind of got a little bit of a reggae jazzy type one, but leaning more on the jazz. I liked it. I really enjoyed it. Um, while it's not much like the other police songs that are that are rocking, um, this is one of their slower ones that I actually kind of like. So I'm going to say solid eight on this one. Wow, really? Yeah, I really enjoyed this. Wow, okay. Um, the song is disturbing to me. It's It's Sting. Giving you step-by-step ways to commit your first murder. I mean, he's saying that murder by numbers, one, two, three, it's as easy to learn as your ABCs. The message, uh, the way they do this song, it's just disturbing to me because they make the sound song, song sound happy. You're right. And that's I was actually just thinking that the way that you're saying this is like, Hey, it's like, <laughs> you're in first grade. We're going to teach you how the ABCs and the one, two, threes and how to kill somebody. Exactly. I mean, it's this very jazzy, happy song. But the topic is murder and how easy it is. And once you do it once, it gets even easier. You know, and it's it, this actually proves a really good point that if you've got the right music behind it and play it the right way, you can make any topic sound great. You can't. Uh, I gotta say though, I give this, and I and I wrote here, I give this discordant song a rating of three. Ouch, dude! I did not. Well, you know me. I'm more. I do more in the uh, what a song means than you do. Mm-hmm. And I just can't condone this in any way. Fair enough. It's just it's just one of those things where I I just can't do it. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. All right. So let's so, round it out, man. Yeah, so we've got um, Freddy's Dead by Curtis Mayfield. So Curtis Mayfield gives us this funky song about someone killing young Freddy. Curtis Mayfield was an American singer, songwriter, guitarist, and record producer, and one of the most influential musicians behind soul and politically conscious African-American music. He first achieved success... Uh, and recognition with the impressions during the civil rights movement of the late 1950s and 1960s, and later worked as a solo artist. Let's take a listen to this short clip. Your prior sigh makes it sound like you weren't a fan, but let's see if I was right. (laughs) No, I'm not a big fan of this song. (laughs) If you, however, take the lyrics out and just keep the music, it's a much better piece of music than it is as a complete song. As a complete song, I give it a rating of four. Okay. It's it's really, it. for me, it was a dated funk song about a dead junkie that no one wants to be like, which I don't want to be dead. I don't want to be a junkie. I don't want to be a dead junkie. So, I mean, that's pretty pretty uh, much a yes for me. Yeah, yeah. I don't hate funk, um, but it and the R&B aren't really my style to listen to. However, I'm not going to turn it off. Um 
if there's nothing on the other stations, I'd listen to it, but I wouldn't hesitate to flip looking for something else. The song was just okay for me. Um, it came from the Superfly era, which I think was actually on the soundtrack for Superfly. If yeah, I, I think it was. If I recall. It's it's just there. Um, it's middle of the row, number five. All Solid right. five for me. All right. So now, you know, one of the things we look at when we do this is we look at, you know, do we find any music that we're like, we're going to start listening to this, right? Yeah, absolutely. So did you have, did you find anything on this list where you're just like, I need to start listening to this band? Um, the Cruel Sea with that Better Call Lawyer. I might have to start listening to more of that because of there. So I would say yes for that. Um, might give the obsessed a little bit of a check. Um, you know, Merle Haggard, I'm going to have to be listening more of because of what you're forcing me to do later. Um, but, and then maybe a little bit of the Stranglers and some new model army. And then of course the police, everybody listens to police. Right. Um, so there's a couple that, yeah, I might actually start trolling for some new music on. Right. So as far as I'm looking at it, I mean, Merle Haggard, I can't say I have to start listening to it because I've listened to Merle Haggard for years. Right. Uh, however, there are certain bands on here that, um, Jimmy Cliff, I might give Jimmy Cliff a, a shot. I don't necessarily like this song. It, it's okay. <coughs> but I might have to go back and, and find something else that he's done and give that a whirl. Okay. Um, the other one I would say is the Stranglers. I really enjoyed the Stranglers. Um, but that's about it on this one. But on that same topic, recently you and I went to a local fair. Yes. And we both, and we went to go see a band that both of us knew through our time being wrestling fans. So, and they had, they had a song called Metal Lingus, which is, uh, it was the entry music for Edge Edge, in the WWE. So... What did you think of that concert? Because we both walked away from that concert going, we need to listen to more of this. Oh, I'm I'm absolutely going to be a fan now. Because I went into it knowing, I mean, knowing pretty much what everybody does. It used to be Creed. Right. They got rid of Scott Stapp and a lot of the whiny music and got more of a harder rock edge. And I went in knowing literally one song, and that was Metalingus because of Edge. Right. Which, of course, they waited till the very fucking end to play. Well, of course. But, I, but I knew they were going hit. to. Right. Right. And getting to that section, though, I was not disappointed. There was maybe one or two that didn't quite hit it for me because I think their mixing levels were off because they drowned out the local, the vocals a little bit. Right. But overall, I'm going to say, yeah, absolutely. Um, I would consider myself to be a new fan on that. And the band, let's see here. In case you couldn't tell because of formerly Creed, the band is Alter Bridge. Correct. So... I, I too. There was the only thing that really made me mad that entire concert was they're like, we're gonna play Blackbird, and I'm like, the Beatles Blackbird, and they started it too, and they started with the Beatles Blackbird rift, and I'm like, in fact, I think I looked over at you and I said, this is gonna be an interesting cover, and it wasn't the Beatles Blackbird at all. It was their own, yeah. They, they have a song called Blackbird, which wasn't bad of it, you know, on its own merits, but it was just like. Tease. Part of me was part of me was really excited. It's just a tease. Yeah, and it was just like I was I was kind of excited, and then I'm like, oh, but then I'm like, it's actually a good song. 
it just made me think of there was a collective soul. I'm sure you remember yeah, them. Yeah. They had a concert video out there that they started playing. They're just noodling along between songs. They start off with a riff to Cat Scratch Fever, and then he stops after like maybe five seconds and goes, we don't know that song. <laughs> and then he plays like the beginning part of like, uh, you really got me. Yeah, we don't know that one either. And then they break into one of their own songs. I'm like, you bastards. But it was funny. <laughs> yeah. You know, and Alter Bridge, it's it's a it's a standard heavy hard, hard rock. rock. Yeah, mm-hmm. hard rock type band. And and I was really impressed by the show they did. The guy did talk a little bit, the lead singer did talk a little bit, but he wasn't one of these talky. He wasn't guys. like uh Cronin from Ario Speedwagon. Right. Or or I hear um Oh, the Jersey guy, um, Springsteen. I hear he's a talker too. Oh God! Of course, he does like five-hour concerts too. So, well, that probably is why. Yeah, but you know, it's just it's just something like this where we went out knowing one song. There wasn't much else available really for for the fair week. I mean, they they brought Loverboy in, which would have been okay. Mm-hmm. But then you know we're in we're in central Wisconsin, so there was a lot of country. Yep. And they did bring in Ted Nugent, but unfortunately, I was booked. I couldn't go see Nugent. And I had to work. Right. So it was it was one of those things. But I thought that Alter Bridge was amazing. I was really impressed with what they did live. And now they have a new listener. In fact, I walked out of there with one of their CDs. Yep. I And I look forward to having to listen to that CD sometime, too. Yeah. it's uh, I've listened to it probably <laughs> three, four times already. Nice. And, you know, we went to that concert two weeks ago. Right. And so, I went home and I YouTubed a lot of their a lot of the songs on there just to kind of hear right. a few of the titles, like Ties That Bind, for example. And they sound really good live. That's another yeah. one that I pulled away from it, too, is that some bands, they play their hits and it sounds pretty close. But then you listen to the studio and it's like, oh, well, I guess I'll listen to the studio one more often. Right. They sounded pretty damn close with the exception of some of the super high notes. Right. Which he didn't quite get to. And I mean, that could be a tour schedule issue. That, that There's a lot of things that'll make it so you can't get that high note. Right. You know, but that being said, I, I too will be a new listener. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those things. And I, and I guess I just kind of use the end of this show just to kind of talk about it because, you know, it's kind of what we're doing with when people send us their lists is not only are we looking to see what our listeners like, which is, you know, a big part of it. Mm-hmm. We're also looking at it from a standpoint of where's the new music or broadening musical horizons. Right. Because right now everything that's pumped out that, that the, the big stuff that's pumped out, I don't want to listen to it. It's 95% of it is garbage. You know, um, you were just telling me before we started that, you know, Nickelback has a new album out. Right. And as people that listen to this show know, we both like Nickelback. You know, say what you will. But, you know, you played one of the songs for me, and I'm like, I actually like that. You know, it's pretty heavy uh, for Nickelback. Yep. And I'm like, you know, this is the kind of stuff you need to see. But that's that 5%. Right, exactly. And the 5% isn't the stuff that really gets pushed that hard because the 95% is what makes money. Right. Yeah, exactly. It is it not is the, my money, but right. It's but it's that teeny bopper thing where you know these kids. My my kids were the same way. I mean, I I paid money for One Direction. <laughs> I paid I paid money money for Taylor Swift. You know, I bought these things for my kids because that's what they liked. Right. It's not necessarily that I liked it, but they still got my money, and it's because they feed to those kids that. This is what you should be listening to. This is what you need to listen to. Yep, exactly. You know, and hell, man, I paid money for my Hannah Montana. 
Now, we know I'm a Miley Cyrus fan, but Hannah Montana is not it. No, not so much. <laughs> so, anyway, um, with that, I'm going to ask people out there, you know, send us the list in. Um, in fact, we got two, uh, two of these. Um, this is our second one we've done. We did one a few weeks ago, and we're actually doing another one next week. So, they are starting to come in. And we always take these. When they come into us, now, as we've said in the past, we record every four, five, six weeks. And we record a bunch of episodes. But when we get these lists in, we take them and they get pushed to the top of the list. Yeah, we'll try to fast track them. We, we try to fast track them because we know you're listening and we know you want to hear them. So we do that. We fast track them. So, you know, when this one comes out, we'll probably have been in possession of it for maybe a month. Mm-hmm. And... It'll get pushed out there. And the one we have next week, we've had for even less time. So I think it's just something that we'd like you to do. We, we enjoy this. Um, we don't always say the nicest things about your music, but you probably sit out there listening to us and go, how can they say that about that song? But then you might say the same thing about our music. That's, that's what I was getting at, yeah. Is we, can, we can talk up a song and you're just like, what a piece of garbage. But you still listen. And we, we hope that we don't hurt your feelings. You know, we say we, we don't take any of that into consideration, and we don't while we're reviewing it. But on the backside, at least me, I'm like, I hope that I didn't piss person A off. Oh, no. And I mean, I, I may be harsh about some of the things. I'm not out to hurt anybody's feelings. Exactly. I, mean, I have an opinion, and that's why, as I mentioned before, I'm going to try to do a little bit of positive with the negative because, you know, everything, that's that's kind of a Susie Sunshine outlook, but everything's got at least some positive to it. Yeah, there is. There is in every song. Um, with that said, if you want to send us in a list, it's pretty simple, actually. All you do is you send a, an email to our website, or to our, um, to our email, which is musicchallengepodcast at gmail.com. You send us in 14 songs, 14 different artists, um, like Tori had a, had a, a theme. A theme. And our first one did not. My daughter did our first one, and she didn't have a theme at all. The one next week doesn't have a theme at all. If you want to send a theme, if you want to do it in a theme, that's great. If you don't want to, if you just want to go, these are my 14 favorite songs, boom, and send them off. Or if you want to scour the internet and be like, I'm going to make these jerks listen to crap, you have that <laughs> option too. But it's just one of those things. It helps us because it introduces us to music that we normally wouldn't find. Um, it, it also helps you because you get your name on the podcast, which, you know, maybe to somebody that's great to, to other people, maybe it's not. And by the way, if you don't want us to use your name, let us know, just write in the email and we will, we will not tell people your name. Uh, we'll use your first name, but we won't use your entire name. Right. And other than that, you know, send us an email. We'll, we'll look it over. We'll do exactly what we've done here. And there will be an episode that basically you wrote. And you get a debt, a debt of gratitude from me for it as well because that makes one my one of my weeks a little less hectic. Absolutely. So, all right. So, uh, as normal, thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to reach out to us for any other reason than, and than that, you know, let us know what you think of this episode, other episodes, uh, the podcast as a whole. We're always looking for uh, constructive criticism. Anything that you can tell us that might be helpful to us, great. We, we're totally up for it. But reach out to us. Uh, our email, again, is uh, musicchallengepodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to reach out to us on social media, you can find us on Facebook at POI Network or at 
uh, Musically Challenged Podcast. Either way, you reach out to us. We we look forward to hearing from you. And and with that, any final words of wisdom, Lou? Not at all. Just looking forward to any further lists that we get in the future. All right, perfect. And with that, I want to say thank you to all of you out there listening, and we'll talk to you next week. You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at POI Game Studio.